Welcome everybody to Panfish Nation along with Mark. I am Lyle. Mark, we got a great guest tonight. I can't wait to get this show started. Um, we have a couple things we got to do before we bring Jennifer in here. But man, if you guys have ever seen some beautiful painted baits for bass fishing or anything reasonably close to that, we're talking crazy cool stuff. Oh, right? you're gonna you're gonna visit with the lady tonight that does the best. I've ever seen. And I can't wait. If there's a link below that tells you where to find her, her uh, website, her YouTube channel. And if you get a chance, go check it out. I promise you, you'll be impressed. She does some awesome work. So Jennifer, hold on just a second. Mark and I are going to go through the people in chat and welcome them into the show. What's going on, everybody? I want to start off by wishing everybody a happy Memorial Day weekend. I also remind you that it's amateur out there on the water. Keep that in mind because the madness starts this weekend. Speaking of amateur, was it not Chad and Freddie? Well, let's wait till he gets in here. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Let me say hello to some people in chat. What's going on, 922 Crappie Barbecue? How you doing? Big Wrench Catfishing in the house. Bug Bug. What's up, Bugman22? How you doing? Channel supporter, Crappie Day Fish on. What's up, buddy? How are you? There's my brother in Flatheads. You know, Jeremy's starting to really like those Flathead catfish. He, I think he, might, he might even turn over to the brown side if you know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, I do. Creole catfishing. What's going on, Jeremy? Nina's kayak crew. How you doing, sweetheart? Uh, Nubby's catfishing. What's up, Nubs? Uh, there's Troy over at Real and Virtual Outdoors. Mr. Not just Mr. The great Tim Molina. What's going on, Tim? How you doing, Mr. Chucky's around? Uh, if he's in here, you know, Miss Annette's nearby or, or on her way in. And Big Wrench Catfishing, what's going on, people? I think people are taking their time coming over here from Chad's show, but they'll come in here. They always do. They always do. Make sure you hit that thumbs up, folks. We'd appreciate it. Absolutely. If you haven't considered subscribing, we'd love to have you as a subscriber. You can join the channel if you like. All the links are down below. So we'll wait on Chad for a little bit, and we'll bring Miss Jennifer in. Jennifer, we're so happy that you agreed to do a show on Panfish Nation. I, I told you earlier that when I first found your stuff, I couldn't stop watching that. I binge watched a bunch of your videos. I was so impressed with the quality of paint that you put on them and the way you make them look and the eyes make things look like they're real. And that's what catches fish. How did you learn how to do this? Wow. First of all, thanks for the flattering statement. I really appreciate that. That's humbling to hear you guys say that because you're, you've been a long time in the industry and you've had the podcast for a while, especially with Catfish Nation. Um, I'm self-taught, not completely as an artist. I've always done watercolors and painted on canvas and since I was a little girl, but I decided to basically quit working for anybody else and I wanted to bring two things that I love more than anything in the world together, which was art and fishing. I've fished since I was old enough to remember and something captivating. And it's probably the only two things in the world that keep me calm are fishing and the arts. So I finally decided that I was going to cash in my 401k and take a bet on me. So I taught myself airbrush. Very nice. Very nice. Well, they're beautiful baits, and, and I know you sell the world out of them things all over the place. Um, 
do people ever send you pictures of what they caught on your baits? I, I mean, when I sell jigs to people or send them to, and they send me pictures of what they catch on them, or even the rods I build. Sure. I had a guy send me a picture of a 105-pound uh, fish that they caught on a bumping, a catfish they caught on a bumping rod in a tournament, yeah. nonetheless. And I'm thinking, holy crap, I built that rod. That's amazing. Uh, and it blows me away. So do they do that with you also? Yeah, you know, more more of these days than when I first started out. Obviously, when I first started out, I didn't know what I was doing and I was self-teaching. So as I learned, I decided that it would be probably a good idea if I brought people along because I was trying to figure out what I was doing. But these days, now that I'm with Bullshad and I collab at Catchco, I get pictures a lot. And it's it's still a wow thing for me. It's like, a, it's almost unreal that people and stuff on things that I've painted. So it's pretty cool. It's a pretty neat experience. Yes, it is. Uh, the The other thing is, um, how long have you been doing this? About eight and a half years now. Eight and so, a half years. Yep. Uh, before I was doing what I'm doing now as the owner of Jekyll Bait Company, I worked at Walmart as an asset protection uh, person. I started out as an associate and then worked my way into management. And I just got to a point where I was really tired of getting my butt kicked over packs of cigarettes and crazy stuff. So I'm like, you know what? Really need to take a chance on myself. I have one question about Walmart. Sure. Is being a greeter at the door, is that the, really the ultimate job? I think it is. <laughs> it is because you get to smile if you want to. You don't have to do a whole lot. You just need to to talk to people on their way in and their way out. You know, we're trying to take up a collection to get Lyle his very own Walmart greeter vest. Okay. Because he is such I mean, a fan could, of Walmart. I can airbrush your name on it. I there think we, we can see, do we, we need to talk, Jennifer, because I need to I need to have him lose a bet where he has to wear a, a Walmart vest during a live stream. We could, we could make that happen. We'll just have right. to call fishing competition. <laughs> we'll have to win, though. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> There's Mike Greenwell. Or Greenwell. Hey, Greenwell. How are you doing? What's going There's on? P&B Catfishing, Paul Boyd. What's going on? How are you doing? <laughs> Miss Annette, I told you she was coming. There we go. <laughs> That's right. Mark, have you got any questions for Jennifer? You know what? I don't have an artistic bone in my body. I, I wouldn't even know how to start to develop that. I'm lucky if I can come up with a, a thumbnail here every now and then. I got well, to that's not necessarily true. You make your own jigs. I, well, I do a little bit, but they're, they pass. That's about it. I'm looking at some of these photos of your baits as I'm talking to you, and I'm just like in awe. And you wow. said you got a deal. What, what what kind of deal do you have going with Ketchco? You had mentioned them. So with Ketchco, let me, let me back up just a few steps. So it's been a long process. About three and a half, four years into airbrushing and working at Jekyll Bates, I was in Jonesboro, Arkansas, which is why you guys fascinate me because Lyle is in Missouri, right? You're around Springfield. And yeah. then, Mark, you're in I'm outside. North. I'm going to Chicago. Okay. So you're actually, you're in Ketchco territory is, is mm -hmm. what we would call that. Uh, gentleman by the name of Mike Buca at Bullshad Swim Baits, who is the founder and owner, he's been doing that about 15 years, had just come out with the baby Bullshad, which is the smaller version and the ABS plastic version of his resin swim baits. So that is a Ketchco Mike Buca Bullshad. 
up. We've you froze up, Jennifer. Let's see if you come back. <clears throat> These guys I just, just kind of went through the the motions of I wanted to paint them. They were really cool baits. I was fishing them. Uh-huh. So I knew they were catching fish, so I wanted I was already painting. Um, what I didn't realize is that Mike was looking at the things that I was submitting to Instagram. I have an Instagram page as well, and he sent them to <laughs> It's a Kona dog. Hey, we have hi. <laughs> it's a dachshund. Um, why I want you to paint that cone for that? Dog. I might. I, I might. I could. I could do a crappy or or, or bluegill, whatever you guys want. Put like some big shark teeth on there for that puppy. Yeah. There you go. I think that'd be fun. So uh, we didn't mean story, to interrupt you. No, that's okay. The cone head works. It works for the show. Um, long story short, Mike Buca submitted my my stuff to Ross Gordon, who is the owner founder of uh, Catchco, and they liked what they saw. And I got a couple of phone calls, and then a couple years into that, I got a four pattern deal with them on my own line of baby bull sheds and baby bullgills. And we've struck up a relationship and it's been wonderful. And I will say this much, being in the industry for eight and a half years and going to ICAST and going to Bassmaster Classics, we do about nine shows a year with Bullshad. They are probably one of the most genuine companies towards small business that I've ever had the privilege to work with in my life. And that's really saying something because there's a lot of companies that you're a statistic and you're a number and how much mm-hmm. can you sell and what's the volume. And they take a little bit of extra time. And that's not just because I'm with them as a collaborator. I wouldn't be there if I didn't feel that way. Very nice. That makes any sense at all. It makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah. In this day and age, you know, with social media and everything's going on there, there's this trend where, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that kind of, uh, um, I don't know how to say this nicely that don't, we won't say it. How about that? That's a, you know what? I'm prior military, so you can let it fly if you know. I'm saying there's a lot of people that, that kind of they're, they're they're playing the role without living the lifestyle. As far as I'm concerned, sure. I don't know how to do that, and I happen yeah. to know that you definitely do. So it's good. It's good to see people like you get 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 the attention that you deserved, and to land a deal with like Catchco or something like that. Whatever it is, it's it's definitely a feather in your cap. So congratulations. I think that's really impressive. Thank you. And I want to add one little thing onto that because I noticed that a lot of people really have the drive to get into that aspect of the industry if that's what they want to do. But one thing that a lot of people fall short on, and and if you're out there and you're an airbrush artist and you happen to be watching this, you have to give what you get. So you can't expect a company, no matter how big they are, to always just push your, your stuff and push your stuff. You have to be doing that at the same time and you have to continually do that every single day or it just doesn't work. So you have to give it back. And, and that's not the first time I've, I've heard that, that advice. I, I have friends that have some really high level sponsorships, not pro staff, but sponsorships sure. from, from companies like, like Daiwa, Mercury, Illumicraft, yeah. stuff like that. And they went years of giving before they got anything back. So give until it hurts, become a part of the scene, become part of the industry and good yeah. things will happen from there. I've had a couple of things come across my doorstep without talking because of NDAs and stuff. Of course. So, and then you understand that and and that's basically how how you go about getting them so if you're looking to be a player in the game folks that's the way to do it It, it, just go out there fish do the best you can 
tote the products that you love, show them how they're used and, and, and give back to the industry if you can. And, and don't ask for something before you've actually been able to prove yourself. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of people come and they have their hands out and they've just started. Just keep working and you're going to get turned. I've been turned down way more times than you get that. Yes, but you have to keep going. You got to offer something most definitely. And that's after you've given plenty. So sure. We have a question in chat for you, Jennifer, but before we we do that, I want to touch on something that's pretty dear to me. Um, Your former military and thank you so much for your service. You're welcome. Um, I see guys in restaurants and walking down the street and every time I do and, and they're wearing a veteran's cap or something, I visit with them and shake your hand and thank them for doing that. Um, my emotions with that tear me up a little bit. Uh, we used to f- go up and fish the Fishing for Freedom tournament every year in Quincy, Illinois. And and one year I was asked to do the missing man person table announcement and I, yeah. I cried like a little baby the, through the whole thing. I made it, but it was tough. And, and it's tough. Yeah, that stuff is so important to me. And, and anytime we have a guest on here, we want to recognize them because what you have done for the rest of us, there's no way we can repay you for what you've done. So thank, thank you. you. And, and going obviously going into Memorial Day weekend, uh, my grandfather was also service. Mm-hmm. And he was still in the service when he passed and he passed on the, on a plane back from Brazil and he's in Arlington, but I I know most of the time and just for, for folks that are not military and they don't understand Memorial day weekend is a little bit different than veterans day. Memorial day obviously signifies those that had passed those that have given the ultimate sacrifice for their service. So um, I really, really appreciate you guys uh, as, I, as much as you guys are saying you appreciate me. So thank you so much. I feel like that, that I can extend that to the families of those people that that because they they give a lot too. Yeah. You know, uh, I know that the guys that didn't make it home uh, give everything, but their families will have given so much and um it just means a lot to a lot of us. So uh, thank you very much. Yeah. So there was a question from, was Tim? Was it Tim? Yeah. Tim Weenie, you yeah. guys had a cute. Okay. Um, I. There's going to be, this is maybe a three-part answer. The question is, do I make everything myself or do I have help? I paint. I'm not a builder. So when it comes to swim baits, if that's the ask, then no, I don't build. But Bullshed Swim Baits does make every single bait in the shop that I have a studio in. So if, if we're looking at present time, as far as the ABS plastic stuff, because I still do repaints, I still paint things like Strike King and Rapala, or if you're in a different section of the country, it's Rapala. However you want to say it. I've, I've heard it said two ways. So. Rapala. Rapala, yep. Um, I I strictly paint. And I do paint every single bait that you see on the YouTube videos, on my Instagram, on the website, all by myself. Um, I would love to have an intern. I would love to eventually have somebody that works for me, but I'm not quite there yet. So uh, Finding somebody like that is really hard. And I, I, let me explain. Tell you why I say that. Um, I've built fishing rods since 1984, custom. Okay. Rod. And 
I've tried to get all three of my kids to help me, and they won't. Yeah. I've tried to get some of my grandsons to do that, and I have limited success with that. I've tried to get my wife to do it, and they all tell me the same thing. We can't do it to suit you, so we're not going to listen to it because it will never please you. And that's the hard part. I can't part see about, why they would think that, Lyle. <laughs> that's the hard part about finding an apprentice because now I've probably got more patience with the grandsons than yeah. and my granddaughter. She's not old enough yet, but uh, with the grandson, I have one that comes over and he does, but he just, he's a little bit laid back. He would rather watch me do it. But at some point, I think that he'll get into it. But finding someone that, that'll actually do what you want them to do like you want them to do it is kind of tough. It is tough. And if you're a builder, which you are, you build rods, then you have that type A personality. And it's not always you have a standard and you got to the point where you're at in your career because you set that standard for yourself. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that spills into everyday life, you know, That's every right. once in a while. And it's it's tough. The biggest thing that I would that I would look for is somebody that already has experience that has absolutely no desire to start their own company, because if they do, then I would push them in that direction. That's right. Because they're going to want to do it for them more than they're going to want to do it for you. Yep. So I completely agree with the fact that it's not easy to find good help. And if you do generally, they have the same personality that you do and yes. it's, it's going to be for them, which is good, but they won't last long with you. Right. One of the things that we was in business for years and years and years in the automotive industry. And I trained enough people I could have owned a dealership. You know, we I'd had guys I trained for heating and air conditioning work and for motor work and for transmission work and this and that. When I grew up, you done it all or you didn't have a job. Right. But as we was in business, people wanted to specialize in what they did so they didn't have to learn everything. So we just taught them everything. And about the time you get them to the point where you could just say, okay, I'm going to turn you loose now. Show me what you can do. Somebody would offer them more money and they was gone. And it happened all the time, you know, and I just got to the point where I, you know, I had one kid that worked for me for 11 years. He was the longest go, uh, paid employee that we ever had. I thought the world of him and uh, he done everything just like I want to. We'd argue a little bit once in a while, but you know, my motto was it's my way or the highway. <laughs> and he understood <laughs> that, you know, because it worked. What we done worked and yeah. if it didn't work. Then I would listen. Or if he had a better, I, I'd listen to his ideas. Yeah. If he had something to tell me, but most of the time, I just tell him, you know, we know this works. I that's unproven. So sure. We're going to do it this way, and he understood. It and, and it's tough to find somebody like that. It really is. It really is. Yeah. And when we sold out, I found him a good job and and made sure that he was well taken care of. That's awesome. Yep. That's the way you do good people. So Jennifer, where where can we buy some of your baits? So I have a website, uh, www.jekyllbaits.com. And it's uh, if you go to the YouTube channel, there's a lot of links there. You can also find me at Instagram. I have the link tree, which has got all of the social platforms uh -huh. that, I, that I work within. Um, every once in a while, they'll do a drop of custom baits for bullshad.com, which is the swim bait realm that I work in. 
and bullshad.com has a newsletter that you can sign up for and you can be the first to find out when they have their drops which is super cool because there's a lot of neat stuff going on with bullshad right now but that's a whole probably a whole different show a whole different conversation um so it, it's a pretty exciting one. yeah yeah <laughs> get, see if we can get mike in here um but yeah yeah uh, uh, jekyllbaits.com is the best place to get it. And I've had to switch because my life has gotten insanely busy with the collabs and different things that I'm doing. I've switched from an, a pre-order, which basically it's a spray to order type deal over to a drop only because I get so backlogged with orders with customers that I don't want them waiting. I've, I've already got customers that have been waiting two and three and sometimes four months and it's agonizing for them and for me. Because mm -hmm. I want to turn over a product to them as fast as I can, but I have contract <laughs> obligations to two entities right now that I have to have done within a certain period of time, especially when it's show season. Shows being the expos that you guys probably attend yourselves. So I, I heard you said at the beginning of the show that you go to the big show down in Florida every year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, this will be my third year. I've had people try to get me to do that for years and years and years, but we fished a lot of tournaments for a lot of years and it always seemed that that show was on a tournament a time. And I, not that I wanted to go down or display stuff because I had more to do than I wanted to do. What I would like to have done was just went down there to look around and sure. I'm not sure that's possible, but my gosh, everybody that's anything in the fishing industry is there. Is there. And, and the, the thing that a lot of consumers don't recognize with ICAST is that it's pretty much a business-to-business -business networking event. Right. Uh, you can't purchase anything there. They, un they unveil all the new products, all the, you know, the stuff that's coming out in the next year. You'll see pop up like on the Tackle Warehouse websites and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a fantastic place, especially if you're newer in the industry or you haven't been to one, to just meet people, to yep. just figure out, you know, is there a connection I can make? Because with rods, you're probably looking for where can I get the best guides and where can I get the best prices on blanks? And you know, I'm not sure. I don't know your yeah, business. Yeah, what I'm so looking at is the best pricing on what yeah, I'm using. Sure, all of us do. You know, <laughs> me for paint and different things like right. that. So it's very beneficial, uh, at least to, to go to once or twice. Yeah, I'd love to go down there and do that sometime. I would maybe, like to do that too. Maybe we need to make a trip down there, Lyle. That would there be you go. Yeah. That would be a good time. It doesn't hurt to network with big wigs in the industry too, especially you get to see all the new products and such. I know that I watch a lot of the videos that come out of there every single year. Oh, gosh, and never, yeah. Every year it amazes me the stuff that they're coming out with. There's a it lot does. of guys that go down there uh, and do live feeds. Out of mm -hmm. it. It, it, it's a big, big deal. So it is know, a, big guess deal. a huge deal. And it, and it's not, it's, sort of geared toward bass fishing but there are other aspects there's saltwater fishing there's people from overseas uh, it was really weird during covid because you didn't have any of the entities from overseas because japan has a very big showing usually yeah. because of all the baits that they produce and bring over oh man um, they're they're huge yeah is there people from china over there too yeah oh yeah yeah okay, sure. it's 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 mostly american driven but there's a lot of international entities there Okay. You, you had mentioned, you know, a lot of the companies come over from Japan and we, we have a, a, a bait shop here since I live in such a big, bigger city uh, called Anglers International. And they got all the Japanese stuff. And that's some of that, sure. some of that stuff is so cool, too. Oh, it's, it's, it's amazing. Some of the detail that they put into their baits and they're and mm -hmm. they're just 
the way they build things. It's like, here, take my money every time I go in there. I can't go in there and lie. He'll be spending all my money. Yeah, right there. Tim has got a question for you. He says, do you do repaints like do. an old pinkle shed? I do repaints. The, the biggest thing that's probably an obstacle for a lot of consumers, customers, clients, is the turnaround time. From any given day throughout the entire year, my turnaround time sits between six weeks and four months. It's busier in the winter because we're gearing up for the expo shows. This is probably the best time of year. And right now I'm trying to get through the orders that I've had. So we're looking at probably two months out. If you're interested in repaint, um, just you know, leave a comment with uh, a way to get a hold of you either on their website or their uh, Panfish Nation here on YouTube or come see me at Jekyll Productions. Yeah, if you can't get any other way, Tim, just send me a message and I will forward it, forward it to Jennifer and she can get in touch with you from there on. Yeah, thanks for the questions too, Tim. Appreciate it. So, so now this is a question that I'm dying to ask here. This is from okay. me. When somebody buys like a real high dollar custom bait, are they actually putting it on a line and throwing it out into the water? That's a great question. So there are collectors out there. Uh, I prefer you fish it because I've spent the time, and you guys, if you've been watching any anything that I've been doing lately, I'm fly fishing to catch bluegill and since we're on Panfish Nation so that I can match forage patterns better. Um, one of the things that Mike Buca has stressed, he'll take me to every tackle shop in the world that sells live bait, and we take pictures of them. So, yes, people collect them. But most of the folks, if, if you look as bullshit is a great one on Instagram to see it, they are fishing with the baits that we're painting. They're, they're honest to God fishing with it. And we have some huge catches too. It's, it's super cool to see. Well, I think taking, going out fishing and if I'm not mistaken, you was out today. So I posted today, but that was from a couple of days ago. Today was uh, a filming day for me, and tomorrow will be too. Um, working with, uh, I've got a side hustle because I do a lot of editing and producing because I have clearly too much time on my hands. <laughs> you got all that spare time. Why <laughs> all that not? Spare time. Um, but I'm, I'm working with a friend of mine in the North Georgia mountains who uh, works with On the Fly Excursions, and we're doing some filming this weekend with some well, of his clients, which is super cool. If you are spending your time out catching bluegill so you can make your baits look like a bluegill, mm -hmm. you're you're doing it correct. Because that's Thank the you. only so. way that's the only way you can get a true representation of a fish is to have a perfect picture of that fish. And you might have to take what, a hundred pictures of bluegills <laughs> before you get the one that you want it to look like? I definitely have taken hundreds of pictures. Yes. Um, <laughs> something else that people forget is that when you put a hook fish and you pull it out of the water, that fish is stressed and the color fades just like that. Right. So you have to make sure that the fish is as accommodated as you can. If you're going to photograph it, sometimes I'll take an a little tiny aquarium out with me. Sometimes I'll just leave it in the net and let it de-stress for a little bit before I photograph it. So there's, there's a lot of different things that go into that. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board with all that, you know. And one of the things that impressed me the most, and if you've ever had a deer that you shot 
and had a taxidermy dermist uh, mounted. Sure. If the eyes don't look correct, the mount is no good. It's no good. And it's no different with the baits that you're making, and yours look awesome. So, uh, so I know that's really hard to, to, to get the eyes on anything to look correct, but I think you do a really bang-up job on that. So the eyes, I, I, I can't take credit for that because I do purchase custom eyes. Um, for the crankbaits, I use Dead Meat Customs, and I use Jetson Lure Eyes. Um, they're both in the United States. They both produce in the United States, and I'm super happy with their work. They're fantastic. If you've ever watched Marling Baits or Nate Marling build the wooden baits, probably both um, of you guys have. He uses yeah. dead meat as well. Matt is a fantastic guy, and he's super great to work with. He's got a long turnaround time, too, because he's bombarded with people wanting oh, his I'm eyes. Sure you're right. Yeah, um, I remember when he first started, he was like begging for people to buy his stuff on eBay. And now, and now he's, he's like, like, please stop, please stop yeah. ordering me. <laughs> now, when you yeah. install these, do you, I'm not, I don't want you to tell all your no, secrets of how you do things, but are they, um, what do you call this stuff that you put on that I use? Um, UV resin? UV resin. Do you do UV resin over the eyes? I am not using UV resin over the eyes currently. I've okay. used it in the past, and on what the project is, I'm either dipping the bait in clear coat, which can be a UV, mm -hmm. um, or, or like KBS is a great uh, one step, just dip it and you're done. Takes right. a little bit longer. Or if it's a swim bait and it's jointed and it's got pins and hinges and eyelets, right. uh, then I'm spraying and I'm doing a, a very high-end auto epoxy, auto clear coat 2K. Um, and that's, we have a huge room. Um, it's big. It's just like if you were putting an automotive, you know, clear coat on there and the whole room invented. And right. Now, I, now what if somebody wanted you to come and airbrush their boat for them? That would be interesting. I would have to figure out a way to get my airbrushing compressor there. Um, probably be bring, I might bring my boat to you, but I was going to say, come to North airbrush. Georgia. We'll go fishing. I've got some cool spots. <laughs> I have an airbrush and a compressor. There you I go. Don't I don't trust you, Lyle. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, he's no, ties. He's I can't ready. use it like she does. I promise you, man. The, the reason why I ask about the UV resin is because um, I don't do a lot of eye work on the jigs that I build, but if okay. I do put eyes on them, I put that over them and it gives such a protective coat. It does. And, and I know there's other things, but on hand-tied jigs, that seems to work the very best for me. Jigs are a little bit different than ABS plastic or swim baits. Um, and and you, you are beating the heck out of those jigs on the bottom constantly. Mm -hmm. um, right. not, not quite all the time, unless you're doing like crankbaits with bills that are hitting the bottom. But um, 2K auto clear is pretty good. And it depends... There's so much different stuff out there. There's there's BSI. There's two part epoxies. That's and again more that's stuff a, coming all the time. All the time. Yep. Here's a great question, Jennifer. Okay. Uh, Cold Creek Catfishing, also known as Billy, says I have twenty to thirty very old wooden baits. Are they worth getting priced? Yes. Um, there's a couple of collectors books out there, and if you can. I've got I've got some books back at the shop. Obviously, I'm on the patio in my backyard tonight, which is it's a pretty zen spot for me. So I don't have the books with me, but there's collectors guides out there, and there's a lot of 
places that you can go to even on Facebook that will help you price those things out. Um, sometimes they're not worth much. Sometimes you don't know what you have. And all of a sudden you've got this old head and from like the sixties that might've been a rare bait or collector's bait. So sure. Yeah. I've got some baits that I've collected through through the years and stuff and some old reels and stuff, and they're probably not worth much. I don't even look them up because they're worth the world to me. You know, I've gotten them from such a person. They've given to me for they came out of my sure. grandfather's tackle box. Yeah. You know, the, this one I found the day I caught X fish on the bank or stuff yeah. like that. So it, it all depends. I mean, if you're if you're out there to do the wheel and deal, go out to uh, garage sales. I know people who do that. They oh, go gosh, out to yeah. yeah, they go out to uh, um uh, what is it called? Uh, pawn shops. They buy whole tackle boxes and do stuff like that. You can really turn it into to fun if that's what you're looking to do. So there's you a sure lot can. Of... Can I tell and... you a story? Of course. Yeah. When I was a kid, I mowed 38 yards a summer. When my dad would take off and go to work in the morning, I would leave pushing a lawnmower and I would get home about the same time he did every night. That's what you done. You know, yeah. I was yeah. I was 12, 13 years old, and I used to mow a yard for a guy. His name was Mr. Mickey, and Mr. Mickey was a huge fisherman in our area at that time, and my brother mowed his yards. He's nine year, was nine years older than me. He mowed his yards before I did, and when he decided that he was done, he retired, he gave me tackle box after tackle oh, wow. box full of stuff. Now, this was back yeah. in the in the 1960s. And he'd give me a bunch of old stuff that he had. If I'd have kept that instead <laughs> of using that, because I used it, I wanted sure. to get fish, you know. He'd give me all kinds of stuff, and I would give anything to have all that back now because Absolutely. some of that stuff was made in the 50s or maybe earlier than that. But it worked, and it caught fish. And you bet it I did. I couldn't figure it out. I, I, how do you do this? I'm not catching fish. Well, you're doing it wrong. You know, and he explained <laughs> it to me. Yep. He was such a great old guy and and I would give anything to have a bunch of that stuff back now. I tell you what, it's it's no different with, you know, some of the baseball cards that used to be out. My mom used to say, "Oh, we'd put them between our spokes." Me and my brothers would, would you know, just she had a Hank Aaron Milwaukee Braves card. Oh, and she had no idea. She had no idea. I'm like, "What?" <laughs> so, yeah, that's, that's crazy. You know what you've got. Yeah. There you go, Cold Creek catfish. Okay, I can see them now. They just started popping up. Oh, good. Yeah. There we go. Good evening, Brenda. How you doing, dear? There's two stands in here. We've had a bunch of people added. Some they come and go as we do the show, but um, you didn't happen to bring any of your stuff that you could show us tonight, did you? I did not. Um, this again, poor planning on my part. I expected to be down at the shop in Ackworth, but I ended up having to be here because I've got a really early start time about four o'clock tomorrow morning. Wow. And it's about an hour north from here. Ackworth, Georgia is about an hour mm -hmm. south of me. And the, the job that I've got for filming is about an hour north. So this made awesome. sense to be home. I, I was not aware that, that your, um, Hey, there it is. <laughs> There's Let me see if I can get them zoomed in here a little bit. I didn't realize that you had a shop outside of your house that you'd done this. So I used to. I used to have, uh, I, it was a huge garage in Jonesboro, Arkansas when I lived there. Um, I actually moved, Mike had me move from there to here so that I could work with him closely, which was an awesome opportunity. 
yeah. But I used to work out of my garage and it was a great place to, to be. The shop that I have here is unfortunately about an hour south. So it's almost 100 miles a day that I'm putting on the, oh, on the wow. Jeep. Yeah, it's a long drive. And, and how big is this? How many so you have paint rooms and different rooms for different things in this? We do. We do. There's an upstairs and a downstairs at Bullshed uh, at the shop in, in Ackworth. We have a clear coat room. We have a paint room, which is where I work. Uh, a storefront, which is really cool. It's not open right now because we were so wiped out after the Bassmaster Classic in Knoxville. Oh, we're, still, we're still trying to catch up and, and get production because, again, everything that's produced is right there in that. Uh, there's assembly, there's production, because everything's made. So I'm not sure the square footage. We have a 2,200-gallon test tank that we can actually test the baits there. Oh. It's just it's neat, you know, because Mike started in his, cool. garage, in his basement and has grown to worldwide distribution. You know, some of these catfish people that come in here, they might want you to paint them a bait with like that looks like a chicken. Do you think you could do that for them? That's an inside yeah. joke for me and Lyle. They all love using chicken for bait, so they might as well have a bait that looks I, like chicken. You got to use bait that, that that's in your waters. I never see a chicken swimming in my water. <laughs> <laughs> I lost. A... Oh, she froze up. That's okay. We'll hold on until she gets. Hello, back. Jerry Parker. What's going on, Jerry? I love that stuff. Jerry, I'm going to put the link to chucklebaits.com if you're interested in those. Also, the link to uh, Jennifer's YouTube page is in the description. Jekyll Productions here on YouTube. Really good stuff, high-end stuff, but it's really cool to watch her create. And, you and need to go watch videos. some of the videos. She Make sure you eats it while she does it, and it's so interesting, and the end result is just simply amazing. Thank you guys so much. Um, I, I'm kind of losing you here and there in the feed. Do you, can you got you got okay? You can. See we that. have you now, but okay. you, you go in and out sometimes. But that's we're doing good. Okay, we're, sorry we're, about that. That's, that's okay. Lyle's a professional. I just follow his lead, so we <laughs> let him take over when that happens. It does happen awesome. from time to time. So, we, so I'm, surra I'm surrounded by cattle and pine trees, and that's I've I've got thanks to Elon Musk, I've got Starlink satellite, which is how I'm talking to you guys here tonight. Oh, really? So, yeah, that's, that's cool. it's All awesome. Right. We uh, we're just thrilled to have you on here and and uh, talk about your baits and stuff. And um, I'm I'm I, I'm here. I'm scrolling through your your website <laughs> and your YouTube page, and I'm like a dog that sees a squirrel. I quit paying attention once I see some of your work. So I got I, I had to minimize that stuff. Very humbling. Thank you. <laughs> I I'm just blown away with the way that you can can paint this stuff and narrate it to people while you're doing it <laughs> to where they can understand what you're doing because so many people can't do that. They'll say things that people don't understand and don't clarify things and you're above what their understanding level is and it's really important that the way you do it that people understand everything you say not so they can do it just so they know how much work you put into it i've always wanted to pay it forward so when i started to figure out how to do things a little bit better i had mentors as well i've had that have been really good in the industry um, from Mike Russell to Mike Ornstein. There's a few painters out there that are fantastic that I've been able to kind of shadow and work with. Um, 
it made sense because they had the same philosophy that community is better than competition because it takes all of us to be able to, to make a dent in the industry. So I wanted to give back to the people that were watching me. I wanted to teach them and they were That's awesome. Yeah. I had a little girl that came up to me in Knoxville. She's 13 years old and she handed me four baits that she'd been watching my video and, and had painted for me. And they were fantastic. I've got one tied on right now that I've, I'm insisting I'm got I've got to catch fish with that thing. So that, you know, that, that stuff is so important. I have, a crayon colored page that a little girl colored for me and we was at a fishing tournament i'm pretty sure it was in uh, uh owensboro kentucky I, okay and we were outside at the boat shooting the breeze with a bunch of people at 11 o'clock at night and yeah. this guy and his wife and his little girl and she come walking up to me with this hand colored image and I don't know what it was. I, I still don't know what it was. But it meant a lot to her. It meant a lot to me. Yes. Give me that. There. And we brought it home. And Cindy um, put it between two pieces of plastic. I don't know what you call that. Uh, and saved it. And it. I used to do the show out in the garage. And it was on a uh, shelf out there where people could see it. And it's still on that shelf today. That's awesome. You I'd know, love to I'll, see it. So some of the next broadcasts that you, the streams that you guys do, bring it. I'd love, I'll watch. I may just yeah. bring it in here because I haven't had now. I still follow this little girl and her mother. Of course, now instead of being four or five years old, she's uh, eight or 10, 11 years old, and she plays baseball, and she's a home run hitter and a pitcher. That's so, awesome. Yeah, well, it see, is. <laughs> those are those are better rewards to me than somebody purchasing a bait when you have a little one or somebody I, I work with veterans as well and and some of these guys that are like man i haven't been able to to walk in a, in a couple of years but this is a hobby that i can actually do i can sit down at a desk and paint a bait yeah. and that that's the reward that's what i do this for so, Lyle, we need to get your credit card after the show and order you some airbrush equipment. <laughs> get you started, buddy. That's so, it. Uh, I've got enough hobbies. Thank you. Uh, how long does it take you to do one start to finish? A lot less time than it used to. So, when I first started, I probably could get to three, maybe in a day, because I had no idea what I was doing. Now that I'm with Bullshad eight and a half years later, I've done 150 in one day, but it has oh, to be wow. the same, the same pattern. So I can do a run of baits. I almost have an assembly line set up where I'm just doing one color at a time. And then I, I teach on YouTube, so it's not really a secret. I'm not giving away anything, but you just do one after the other and you do one color and one thing. And then if do you, you do number stencil, each one, mm -mm, no. you don't No, I'll sign everything. I'll do a little sign, a signature on the bottom, but that's about but it. Do you hand do that? Mm-hmm. Yep. I write with a with an acrylic pen on every single one. I've got guys that want me to hand sign on rods that I build. And yeah. if you have ever tried to write on a round on a rod, round. <laughs> oh my god, it's it's nearly impossible. And my handwriting's yeah. not, not that great to start <laughs> with. And and when you try to do it on there, but I found a, a different way to do it that seems to work out, but uh, yeah, it's hard to, to do that on a round <laughs> Christian rod. Hey, Stan, glad to see you in here tonight. 
Hey, do you do anything digitally? Um, do you use a computer as far as your designs? Do you use any programs like that to help you figure this stuff out? The closest to digital I am using right now is a Cricut machine, which I can okay. make some a few stencils. I used to hand cut with an X-Acto knife when I started. Right. And I like doing my own stencils because nobody, it wasn't cookie cutter. It wasn't anything that you could find anywhere else. But now I can take the fish that I've caught and put it on a simple, you know, like a black and white pixel. And I can get different pieces of that. If that, if that, mm -hmm. hope, hope you can follow me there. Um, so I can still do my own stencils. It's just a little bit easier because the machine's cutting it and not the exact knife. Right. I, you know, I've, I've seen some, uh, uh, back in my motorcycle days, a lot of custom painters that did motorcycle work. They use some of the weirdest things for stencils like lace or pantyhose or something. Oh What's yeah. Do you 100%. ever use any of that? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I've used my grandmother's lace. I've used, I haven't used pantyhose, uh, but I've used dryer sheets. Dryer sheets is, are a weird one. I've taken, um, a holly leaf off of a tree to get like a crawfish type of a, you know, underbelly. Uh huh. So there's all kinds of stuff. I've got a couple of videos on the channel that show some weird hacks for different things. Fishing line, you can wrap around loosely and spray over it, and you have almost like a, a bowfin type image. Let me ask you this now what are your favorite colors to use on bait that you actually fish with? Bluegill stuff and trout. So, Bluegill the love of my life, the love of my life for trout. I love fishing for trout. I love bass too. Don't get me wrong, but something about the the dots and the colors on different trout, especially like the brook trouts that we have here in the Appalachian Mountains, uh -huh. unbelievable colors. Yeah, Appalachian yeah. Mountains. I thought that you was out east of us. Yeah, um, I'm about an hour. I'm I'm an hour from the southern entrance to the Appalachian Trail. Very nice. So you got plenty of great water to fish for trout. Yes, sir, I do. I love it. That's amazing. Now, see, in the panfish industry, I know that Mark, he, he likes his crappie. Mm, me Bluegill too. are my favorite uh, for a couple of reasons. One reason is usually you can get into them pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. The other reason is they're damn good eating. <laughs> oh, they're real good eating, so it's crappie. Um, yeah. I, I, I call them crappy, but a lot of people call them crappy. When I was in Jonesboro, Arkansas, everybody called them crappy. And in the right. South, they call them crappy. But up north, mm -hmm. and I grew up in Maryland, so that was crappy up there. But I, I, I paint a mean nose, too. I, I know that you do a lot of bluegill uh, painting, and they look they look amazing. Um, do you do anything for smaller fish than bass? I do. Okay. Um, I do the little like the miniature lures. The so mini cranks. I, I, yep. I do mini cranks, uh, mini lipless baits. About the smallest I've gotten would be about the rebel, the wee rebel size, like mm -hmm. little grasshoppers. And I do. I just actually took some of those off my desk and put them where they belong. So I'm sorry I did that. Really. Everybody, I'm gonna have to get with you on some of those. I gotta have. Some. You actually talked me into buying a couple of them. Yeah. So don't even start. <laughs> well, we get Mark's credit card out. We have a friend of mine, James Dockery. Him and I help Mark buy stuff to make sure he always has enough. We'll be in. We'll we'll be talking here on a video chat or something. They're like, "What are you doing?" I go looking at baits, and they'll be like, "Okay, let us see." And they, they end up with every color that's available. 
When I'm looking at your site, they're not coming on. I'm sorry, Jennifer. I just can't afford <laughs> every one of your baits at one the same time. One, maybe two, yes. So I have, I, one, I have a question. Don't be upset for I'm you guys. Sure. How did you guys start Catfish Nation and what's the history between the two of you? Panfish Nation or, or Catfish Weekly started. Weekly, yep. Uh, a bunch of us got together and, and Paul Ragsdale called me up one day and he says, Hey, I want you to do a show with me. And it was recorded. And we got done with this. He wanted to ask me about building rods. He said, how do you think it went? I said, I think it was fun. It was really good. He said, what do you think it'd take to make it better? I said, if you could make it go live while people could watch us while we was doing this. Now, this was nine years ago. Okay. And he called me up a few days later. He says, I think I got it. Google Hangouts offers that option. It's just a pain in the ass to set up. Right. But we can make it work. So the next week, we've done a live show. And it ended up being three of us involved in it. Um, and I ended up buying the other guys out. Yeah. Um, one of them had health problems, and the other guy and I just didn't agree with the way the show should go. And uh, that's how we got started with that. And then um, years later, I was talking to James Dockery, and I said, I, I think that the industry is ready for a panfish show like we do catfish weekly and he okay. said i think it is too and i said well uh i'll think about this and it went on about six months and he said you need to get a hold of mark and get him as a co-host and start this up i said you're fooling he said you're fooling around and, and it's not getting going and i said i'm an old man i'm not in a hurry to do anything <laughs> and so we picked uh, we picked a date into january three years ago and and i had contacted mark and he agreed to help me with this project and that's awesome he that's a does story. all the thumbnails and they are amazing uh and helps me do the show and we we get along really well so that makes it i can i can see out. that you guys have yeah, I, just, I just I, I just come on here to hang out with my buddy that's about it there you go <laughs> but we do have a lot of fun we visit um offline yeah just the two of us a lot of times. And we also have some group stuff where a bunch of us get in there and, and yak, yak, yak. You know, we, we look like a bunch of old women in there, but it's fun. We enjoy it. it fun. And yeah. that's what we do. You that's know. great. Yeah. And it keeps us out of trouble. Well, me, sometimes. I, I, me, me, I got involved in all of this kind of like on a here, hold my beer. Somebody dared me I wouldn't do it. And yeah. I ended up. That's how I joined starting, the army. Yeah, I ended up, <laughs> yeah, I ended up starting a YouTube channel and. I got uh, uh, interviewed on one show, and then I got talked into helping that guy on that show without being able to say no, and it kind of just went from there. I got a, I caught a, a big old flathead. Lyle had me on Catfish Weekly and for uh, uh, for that show, and then I kind of stepped in and did the co-host for a while while he was having some uh, surgery done, and, and here we are three oh, years later. Go. Have you out. have you ever met each other in person or oh, is yeah. it all virtual? Okay, okay, that's good. That's good. We haven't fished together, but that's because he won't drive to Missouri. Too oh, far. He won't drive. He won't drive up here. <laughs> you won't let me put him on some real flatheads up here. There you go. Well, hey, if I ever make it to either of your neck of the woods, probably you, Lyle's closer because I still have family and friends in Jonesboro. Put me on some catfish. I'm there's a world-class fishing just north of me, and further north you go, the better it gets. So whenever you're ready it. and you're headed this way, you stop and pick me up. We'll go fishing. I, I am I am within an hour from Lake Ozarks, Truman Lake, Palm de Terre, 
and Stockton. Wow. Four great lakes to catch great. a lot of fish in. And if, yep. and if that don't suit you, we can always go to the Missouri or the Mississippi. I'm the lowest maintenance person, woman, probably that you'll ever. <laughs> I don't care where we go. As long as I've got a line in the water, we're good. Well, these lakes around here are full of catfish, and they and we help the I help the Missouri Department of Conservation uh, get the regulations on where they have an under amount, a slot limit, and an over, and you can keep ten unders. And these lakes are so full of catfish that. They want you to keep them because <laughs> they want to get the smaller ones yeah, out so that they sure. can grow to be bigger ones. So they're happy if you take limits of fish out whenever you go fishing. So, uh, yeah, you come up, we'll make sure we get it together and we'll have a great time. I would love to. Yep. All right. Well, Jennifer, we can't thank you enough for coming on the show with us tonight. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, we're getting like, ready. Likewise, to it's been my pleasure. Well, we've been going almost an hour, and uh, we'll get ready to shut it out here in a minute. But hang, hang on, don't don't close out. I, um, I would I would like to offer you uh, to come back on the show sometime uh, because I think that there's a lot of stuff that we haven't covered. Probably, I, I think this is a really good introduction. Uh, I've enjoyed getting to know you guys a lot i would love to show you the studio and kind of have that as a background and and whenever at your leisure what if you, if you guys I, I might steal back, you I, I might steal you from my channel too so okay i, I figure i'd say that's a lot wouldn't get too butthurt when you showed up <laughs> on my channel on one monday night so that sounds Please. great but I would like to get you back on here. Maybe, you know, if you want to do it from your studio, we sit here. I don't know what time that works out for you. We've got an hour drive to get home. But You, uh, you know what we do, Jennifer, over the winter? Something to keep in mind. We sit around on a, on a Saturday night and tie jigs live on <laughs> on this channel. Maybe if you're interested, maybe you could paint a bait one of these weeks if you, you know, have a little spirit. That actually sounds like fun. You guys do jigs or fly, you know, tie flies, and, and I'll paint a bait, and we'll do it all live. That, that sounds like that a That sounds like a plan. We have had yeah. some of the greatest fly tires in the industry fly tie flies with us on saturday nights uh, uh sounds several fun. of them you know i, I had an award-winning world champion tell me i was doing it wrong so there you go that was the <laughs> highlight of my of my jig there's always that one person but he, well hey he was honest with me so i know kim likes good, me that's so good. that's all that matters <laughs> uh, kim's a great guy and and he is a world-class fly tire that's uh, awesome I mean, he's won everything there is to win pretty much in the fly tying industry. Uh, and he, he's been on our show several times and, and does amazing, amazing work. And there's others. It's not just, oh, yeah. but, uh, you know, we just, we try to put out the best content we can with the most interesting people. And in my mind, you fit that bill. It was a <laughs> great show. We I've had, had, I've had a blast tonight, you guys. I really well, have. I'm glad. Uh, Joe Buck says, awesome show tonight. Well, I'm glad you guys Thanks, liked Joe. it. Um, Jennifer, thank you so much. Mark, you have any closing statements? I want to just say uh, thank you. I had a lot of fun talking with you, Jennifer. I, I appreciate you coming on here and spending your time with us. Other than that, I want to wish everybody, obviously, a, a happy Memorial Day weekend. Be careful. It's amateur out there on the oh, water. Yeah. We got a preview of that on the bait shop tonight, Lyle. Yes, we did. Amateur. Wear your life jackets. Freddie, Freddie and Chad. How many fish did I catch tonight, Mark? I don't know, man. When when I left, there was zero. 
That's, we'll find out here in a little bit. I'm quite sure. I'm feeling I'm bad sure. for Freddie and Chad. I'm feeling really <laughs> bad for them. Trust me, they would do it to us. They would do I'm it I'm sure to they us. will. Yeah, I, I promise you that. All right, folks, thanks for watching. Just remember, uh, Catfish Weekly Monday night at 7 o'clock, followed by the Catfish and Crappie podcast, and then we'll be here after the bait shop next Thursday night. So be sure to tune in. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll see you then. See you guys. Thank you guys so much.